Welcome back to Wish Upon a Star, the unofficial Disney song-by-song podcast. I'm Amanda the Person. And I'm Frodo the Lawyer, and this is now episode 22, Little April Shower. The second Bambi episode. Bambi! You may be wondering, how do I find the rest of your episodes, and how do I tell all my friends about this awesome podcast I'm listening to? And skywriting is the answer for both of those skywriting, questions. Skywriting, uh, you can also use, uh, if you have like uh, access to a commuter bus, you know, you can put Ooh, a nice yeah. banner on one. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can... Even if you don't really have technical access to a commuter bus, spray paint works wonders. Yes. Or if you are, you know, just a boring person without awesome uh, airplanes and paints, you I can, guess you can find us on Twitter at Wishapotastar. I'm also at Frodo TL. Mm-hmm. I'm at Quaniac, which is Q U A I N I A C. You can also like us on Facebook to get access to all of our episodes, and that is uh, Wishapotastar's Facebook page. You can find us at, conveniently, wishapotastar.com. So those are some great options of finding us. Take those links, send them to your friends. Mm-hmm. Write them on your forehead, show it to your friends. There's a lot of options here. And also a great thing to do is to go on and review us on iTunes. Yes, um, please. If you're going to give us a good review, if you're going to give us a bad review, uh, please go away. Yes, just yes. just leave. <laughs> Burr! 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 That's, that's what Bambi says when he's learning to talk. He's so cute! Yeah, we mentioned it last time, but Bambi, he learns to talk between... Uh, what, was the, what was the last song called? I can't love is a song. Between Love is a Song and Little Frodo, April we Shower. We recorded it five minutes ago. Shh, don't give it away. <laughs> um, between Love is a Song and Little April Shower, Bambi starts experimenting with being... <laughs> drugs. Uh, with drugs, no. With being alive, <laughs> he learns to talk by hanging out with Thumper. He learns to jump over a log. And, you know... He, All he, the important things of being a living thing. Yeah. and he, Talking and jumping over logs. <laughs> exactly. That That's that's all I did for my first three years of life. Um, <laughs> oh, your poor that, parents. That and go to indoor recess. That was all I did. <laughs> the, uh, but then he also meets his second friend, who is a skunk. Uh, yeah. So the skunk is named Flower. Well, we, to be fair, we don't actually ever learn Flower's real name. That's true. Bambi is just learning about several things in the world, and he keeps, like, he'll l- learn a new word, and he'll apply that word to a different thing that is not that thing, and, and Thumper's like... No, Bambi, that's not a butterfly, that's a flower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he meets Flower, who is a skunk, and he says, Flower! And Thumper's like, no, no, and then Flower's like, oh, it's okay, he can call me Flower if he wants to, and then gives Bambi the flirtiest eyes I've ever seen in a skunk. Yeah, um, I, I think that we, uh, you know, there's obvious things to take from that, and <laughs> we'll get, definitely get to that more when yeah. all of our main characters start, uh, you know, delving into the, the realm yeah. of love. Puberty. Yeah, puberty. So we'll yeah, see, we'll see how Flower moral... does with that. But yeah, for sure he's flirty right now. Yeah, the moral of that, though, is that we don't actually know the name is Flower. It could yeah. be Bartholomew T. Skunk, for mm-hmm. all we know. Yeah. But yeah, this this deer is a, is a cutie, isn't he? 
Oh boy, he's a cutie. I know that you hate baby animals and everything, mm. Frodo, and and like you know fun and stuff. Yeah. But like even you must admit this is a very cute sequence. Yeah, it's nice. Especially I love how Thumper is, you know, is befriending him. And <sighs> Thumper's the best. Yeah, Thumper's just a little a little rascal, you know, and he's <laughs> he is a rascal. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Well, as much as we love cute animals. We might not, we don't really, you know, we don't know a lot about animals. Like, I spend a good amount of time on r slash awe on Reddit. But, like, I don't know, the science of them has continued to elude me. You'd think that at this point, after we had Natalie on, was Natalie the only animal expert we've had on so far? I think so, yeah. But she she counts as, like, three, because, you know. She she was was such an expert. Oh, yeah. She knew all about elephants. She knew about their jumping and lack mm -hmm. of flight. Yeah. Yeah, really a lot of disappointing facts about elephants (laughs) overall. But we don't know, but there are no elephants in this movie, as far as I can tell, in the first 20 minutes. Not even a half a lump. (laughs) Not even, well, not yet. No. So So I think we might need somebody more deer-based. Yeah, yeah, we we need to know someone who's a, a good deer expert. Yes. Anyone out there that's a deer expert? Here, let's let's shout into our carousel of returning guests. Hello, hello in there. Is anyone a deer expert? Um, not quite a deer expert, but I'm a wildlife biologist, so maybe I can help. All right, is there anyone else who is a deer expert? We specifically asked for a deer expert. If someone could put the wildlife biologist back in the carousel. No, I, um, I, I guess we're stuck with her. There's no one else. Yeah. So. She may not well, be a deer expert, but she sure is a deer. Oh, uh, these cute animals are getting to me. I mean, that just was making me soft. That was so cute that it belongs on like r slash tiny animals on fingers, which is even better than r slash aw for adorable. <laughs> I don't know. Animals. There are less puppies in that one. Oh, yeah, definitely less puppies, but definitely like more cute, like tiny frogs and little baby bats, and you know all kinds of cute stuff. Okay, mysterious not deer expert, tell us more about yourself. Well, hi everyone. I'm Sam Dean. Uh, I'm a wildlife biologist. Uh, I have a uh, bachelor's in natural resources management uh, and a master's degree in conservation biology. Well, that sounds pretty helpful. Yeah, you seem to know about like you probably know about forest life, right? That's that's where oh. we are here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I, I spent a lot of time one- in forests of the East Coast. I bet you know at least one more fact about forest than either Frodo or I. Uh, probably. I know that, like, since we're talking about Bambi, since we're talking about deer, um, if you have too many deer in a forest, you can actually, like, hurt the forest. Like, the forest won't regrow itself because the deer just eat all the trees. You know, I know oh, about no. that. I know about culling. That's a that's a word I know. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, actually, they pay, like, if deer, if there are too many deer in an area, like, a, the state agency will pay sharpshooters. Like, literally, oh, people's no. job it is to, like, go out um, and hunt deer. To, mm-hmm. And then oh, they, Sam usually D, they, no. like, <laughs> usually they donate all the meat to, like, a homeless shelter. Like, it's not, you know, the worst case scenario. Do you think that but, was what was going on in Bambi, where they're, like, there's too many deer. <laughs> like, bring in the men. Come on. Yeah. They're, like, they formed a monarchy. We have to stop this. They're, like, there are too many deer. They're, like, like, this whole force is out of control. Just set fire to the whole shebang and just, like, burn it all down. <laughs> is that is that how it works, Sam Dean? <laughs> No, we definitely want like some deer. Okay. <laughs> we don't want them gone. All right. No, it's it's when the deer start to form a representative democracy that that's too many deer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Then they're like completely out of control. Yeah. yeah. Call the sharpshooters. ASAP. Uh-huh. 
But well, there are no sharpshooters in this movie, right? No. Right? No, there's just a there's there's only like one bad guy, and yeah. he is like the hunter, which is kind of ominous because you He's never actually, actually called the man. Just oh, man. Sorry. Man. Sorry. Well, so yeah. people people call him the hunter, but like his referred to as the character is just man. So, which like, is like a good way for a villain to be, I think. Like crazy enough in wildlife biology, so there's actually like a whole like section of this field where like quote unquote the Bambi problem is um like the Bambi effect is a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's because like when this movie came out in the forties, it made people love deer so much that like they actually like got mad at hunters or like people who would like had like subsistence hunted for food. Um well, and it, I mean it, hunters like, they come out and like officially like reject this movie. They did, yeah. I was reading about it online. I was like, whoa. Intense. So, um, Amanda, you were talking about how, like, Bambi's so cute, and he's got these big eyes. Um, Oh, I've been talking about that for days. Of course. Of course. Um, That's actually, like, when something has, like, big eyes and looks really adorable, and, like, people are just in tune with how much they like it, um, those are called neotenous features, which basically just means it has features like a baby. Um, Mm. And Disney does this on purpose because they want you to, like, really love Bambi and to look at how cute he is, how helpless he is. Um, and that's like, you know, one of the reasons why we root for Bambi and even Bambi's mom has baby like features. Look at those big doe eyes. Oh, they do that. They still do that now for the humans, which has been a lot of issues with like the way that they do this to women still constantly like Rapunzel and Tangled looks like this. Yeah. Um, Merida looks like this. Yeah. It's kind of a whole thing now. Well, so then do you think that Disney was doing that on purpose because they, the people at Disney didn't like hunting and were pro-environmentalism and they were like, we need to get as much sympathy as possible for these animals. Was it intentional? I mean, I wouldn't go that far, well, but I definitely right. think Sorry. they just wanted, <laughs> I think they just, I mean, the character is a baby deer and they want people to root for that character. And I, I think like when you're a deer, the obvious villain is either a wolf. Um, when they, kind of, I'm pretty sure there's like, uh, you know, the, the big bad wolf is already a villain to bears somewhere else that are dressed up as Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, actually, no, that's totally not right. I'm like, you, you can find like, 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 seven different, there. yeah. <laughs> I, I was just kind of waiting to see where that went. Little Red Riding Hood, Goldilocks, Three Little Pigs, it was all, that was, that was literally three things. I, yeah, definitely combine my fairy tales there. Whoops. Um, but yeah, I mean, the obvious, like, expert. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, like, so in like a natural environment, like on the east. So, for example, like I live in the East Coast. So on the East Coast, in a natural environment, like wolves are the top predator and wolves eat the deer. Um, but we kind of, you know, wolves and humans don't necessarily get along all the time. So we either killed off all the wolves or we drove them out. Um, so now we have so many deer that like the only predator they have left is really just us. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Exactly. But like, I mean, the good news is that, um, so I know like hunters tend to get a bad rap, but there's an act called the Pitten and Robertson Act of 1937, where like 11% of all the money spent on firearms um, and ammo goes directly to the Department of Interior. And that money is specifically earmarked to give to the states to like maintain habitat and to like for money for like research studies to improve habitat for game species. But we can, well, we can go back to talking about how uh, Bambi has Neonis features <laughs> and, like, people think Bambi's so cute. Bambi is, in fact, so cute that the word Bambi is synonymous 
with deer. So the species of deer we have is called the white-tailed deer, or the scientific name, or secret name, is Odacoilus virginianus. Ooh, wait, uh, wait, when you say secret name, are, we're, are we not supposed to know about that one? Is no. This, is this to, like, figure out, it's like, the secret slime action, like, the secret name <laughs> is Odacoilus If I say the name of, the secret name of a deer, will they, like, be my servants? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, maybe, probably not, no. Just like, I mean, it's the scientific, so it's like the Latin name. Uh, like, if I just was casually like, oh, I saw some Odacoilus virginianus the other day. Like, if I just, you know, threw that out in casual conversation, <laughs> no one would know what I'm talking about. I'd probably high-five you. They'd be like, you told the secret. How do you spill the beans? <laughs> yeah, the deer would actually come out from the forest and kill you. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, speaking of deer that kill things, what? here is the... Here's oh yes oh yes I'll really appreciate oh, no. it. Oh god, this so, this episode is is crazy, <laughs> right? Um, so deer are herbivores, meaning generally they're herbivores. So meaning like mm-hmm. they tend to eat plants and they have um, flat teeth, like herbivores do, so they can like grind up all the plants. Um, but there are a couple documented instances of them eating other stuff, so like fish, um, birds out of bird nests. Um, oh no. Some Canadian scientists, this was really recently, some Canadian scientists um, were netting for birds in a forest uh, where the birds essentially get caught in the net and the scientists mm-hmm. come and get them a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. But they like left their net to go check on another one and they came back to find a deer like munching on the birds that were still Ugh. in the net. So like, oh no, live birds. Um, not and, anymore. Right, not <laughs> anymore. And there was a crazy Nat Geo article that I saw pretty recently um, it's and the, like the picture is insane. It's a deer chewing on a human rib. Oh what? no! What? Right, right? Yeah, you're just like, what is going on? But it was one of those, um, like, it was like a research area where they do like coroner studies. So, like, you know, when people from the mm-hmm. FBI need to know like how fast bodies decompose and stuff like that. So obviously there are like animals hanging out in there, and this deer just you know stumbled upon a body and thought like, okay, like. Why not? And uh, was munching down on a rib. Okay, so we don't think of this deer like killed a person. <laughs> oh no! Like they're not. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are instances of of like, uh, especially large male deer with like big racks of antlers, sure. and, like boring people. Um, but generally, they're not particularly. Uh, they're only aggressive during like mating season when you know everyone's a little bit aggressive. So Sam, when you die, are you going to donate your body to be deer food? To deer science. Um, I definitely, like, I want to be either donated to science or, like, they can cremate me and, like, mix me in with, like, a pot of soil and plant me as a tree. So maybe, like, if I grow into a tree that deer like to eat, then, like, basically, yeah. Before they cremate you, they should really, like, pull out one rib just to, like, you know, give give a little (laughs) deer a little treat, you know? Give a little deer treat. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Definitely not their typical, like, everyday fare. Like, they tell you to treat. It's it's special. It's a special occasion, Sam Dean body. Like bananas for elephants, Sam Dean ribs for deer. Yeah, I don't. uh, I guess, like, I don't know what you would even give a deer for a treat. Like, I'm not. Like, I, there are, like, ca- <laughs> like there are literally, like, captive deer farms in, like, Texas and, like, you know, like, other, mm. like, big states where they literally just, they raise deer just so that people can go hunt them. Oh, no. Like, in, like, enclosed, like, fenced in, like, basically, like, mm. going on a safari in your backyard, kind of. And, like, 
um, when I was looking for jobs, like fresh out of college, like one of the jobs is literally be, it's called like deer bottle feeder, where your whole job is literally to just bottle feed, like basically Bambi all the time. Isn't it like salt licks or something like that the deer are super into as like a treat? Oh, they love, yeah, they love like essentially like a giant block of salt. Yeah. Kind of uh, it would be like in the beginning of Frozen when they're like harvesting those ice cubes, but Ugh. it's just salt instead. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think I picked that up from my side of the mountain, which is where most of my deer knowledge comes from besides this movie. Did you guys uh, read that book? No. I, I think I did. Is that when he like runs away from home and like lives mm-hmm. on the mountain? Yes. Yeah. I know. It, like lives in the base of a tree or something like that. Yeah. He like burns out a tree and lives in it and he, he isn't, like kills like also three the story deer like, in it. Into the wild. <laughs> yeah. But he's like 12 and he doesn't die. Yeah. So it's fine. I mean, friends of Falcon and it's awesome. Like my, like I, I know probably more than the average person about deer, but I also came prepared to talk about drip, drip, drop, little April showers or little quote unquote, little April showers, because Mm. there's all kinds of like other animals that appear. Yeah, let's get to the song then. Okay. Well, the song, it is. Yes. uh, Little April shower. To give a little bit of some hard music background, this is a song in cut time. So cut time is when you have two half notes per bar. It's also called two, like could be considered two, two time. Mm-hmm. Um, generally that goes along with a quick tempo, which this song does have. It has, so it's a pretty quick tempo, at least compared to love is a song, which we you know was more of the sure. love is a song. Than the song. <laughs> um, so this is a more upbeat song. It's a little, it's a little chipper and, we it gives us a good chance to see a lot of little animals scurrying about and things, which is which is well, fun. it's like chipper for the first half. Well, yeah, chipper, and then it becomes then it goes cray cray. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, like as a kid, Bambi, I didn't like to watch Bambi, and one of the reasons why was because when it becomes like kind of dark and stormy, and mm-hmm. like there's like a crack of thunder, I was legitimately scared. I didn't yeah. like it. That's fair. I mean, this is a super evocative film. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and they lure you in with this like drip, 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 little like, bullshit. Like, it's just so happy. And, and you know, and then it becomes like the rock and roll version. Trap. <laughs> yeah. It, it is reflected in the song as well. When the thunder comes in, then the tempo speeds up even faster than it was initially. And ultimately, there you have, we have crashing thunder symbols everywhere, and it, um, it goes nuts. So. Yeah, I think that this, the way the music is written is trying to to play with our emotions in that way, kind of lull us into yeah. a sleep and then scare us and spook us at the end. Mm-hmm. And it really, I mean, it succeeds. This song is so evocative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I love the way that like the little drips, uh, like do 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 do, really match up with the raindrops as they play. Right, yeah, it's uh, it starts off. I think it's clarinet, maybe, and uh, some triangle. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's cool how it's almost like Fantasia all over again, where we have yeah. the, the music matching the the animation. But like interesting, right? Because it's not a random story. This is you know, it's part right. Of we a care about movie. Bambi and and Thumper and and Flower and all of these delightful, delightful friends. Yeah, all you our know, friends. I'm surprised that they don't. Like, they don't even, like, Thumper and Flower, like, aren't even in the sequence at all. That is surprising. 
Imagine how cute that would be. Thumper would be like, oh, I don't like the rain. And then he'd be like, boy, howdy, rain. And, and Flower would just be like, I hope Bambi's okay. While he, like, bats his eyelashes again and hides underneath the flower. <laughs> Probably true. What do you guys think of the fact that this is another song sung by a chorus, by a choir, not sung by the characters in the film? I don't mind it here. Um, you know, I normally prefer things sung by the character in the film, mm-hmm. but here because it like is bringing in such an evocative like scenery sort of thing, mm-hmm. I like it. You know, it's almost like Greek chorusy. Yeah, we have the female and male choruses that alternate verses, and then they join in together, and there's some sort of call and response. It's nice. It. Mm-hmm. it, it I think well. the um, I think the fact that it's a chorus kind of alludes to the the like all-encompassing nature like it makes the music feel bigger and that's the whole point is that there's like this big storm and you know everyone uh, as it kind of like showcases through all the different animals like everyone is kind of in the same situation yeah right right yeah i think and not only do the voices make everything bigger they serve to give us a sense of how the storm is going some of the voices even mimic a sort of a wind sound like a yeah towards the end to give us a sense of how big this storm is. So I agree with you on that, Sam. Good mm-hmm. point. I have a question for both of you guys. I'm on the Disney wiki now. Um, like I have it pulled up because it has the lyrics on it. And it mentions that this is the most popular song in Bambi. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I, admittedly, if you were like, Hey, tell me a song in Bambi before I started, like, it would be this one. This is the one people remember. I don't even know if I remember this one, though. Like, I this, guess, is this the one people will remember? This is the one, only one I knew. And again, I, I mentioned the last episode, I hadn't even seen Bambi all the way through before we started doing this. But mm-hmm. I knew this song from Disney CDs and things. So maybe that's Disney themselves choosing that yeah. this is their favorite song and, and marketing it more. But this is the only song I knew going into this. Um, Frodo, do you have Disney's greatest one, two, and three on CD like I do? Yes. Is is that the one where it's like it's a black case, but then you have like... A, like green, a green, a red, or a yes. purple sparkly... Make- yes, I yes. have all <laughs> Thank you. Amanda has some newfangled version of the CD, which is just totally different. That Those are the classics there. Thank you. That's how I remember this song. It's like towards the... Like, the way that those CDs are set up is they have, like, the good songs at the beginning and middle, and then, like, the last five are the songs from, like, the really old movies. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf and, like, things that you'd be like, what? Yeah. Um, but this is definitely one of those... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's featured on Classic Disney Volume 3, Disney's Greatest Volume 2, Disney Time is Classics. Now, that's what I call Disney the UK release, and that's what I call Disney 2. It's also in Fantasmic, um, and there's a dark version of it in World of Color, which is at Disneyland. Oh, okay. A yeah. dark version? Yeah, like, it just it's just like, bum, 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 little April showers, dating a tune, and you fall all around. They just put everything in a minor key and, like, yeah. let it go. What do you guys think of, of the lyrics of this song? They're really simplistic. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it repeats, um, like, the drip, drip, drop is, is something that you repeat throughout the entire thing. Um, and basically, it's just talking about, hey, it's raining everywhere. It sounds beautiful. But even when the sky is cloudy, um, the, the sound of the rain is, like, a, a nice, like, perky thing. Yeah. Yeah almost more than the words that are being said it's like the rhythm that matters the the drip yeah, the drip plink, drop plink, plink. yeah pit, pit, pop and there's the pretty little pitter patter things like that that when the animals are, are walking they go along with their steps the beat mm-hmm. of the lyrics or they follow along with the raindrops or the the crashes and the wind so i think it's 
almost more rhythmic in terms of importance than what words they're saying. So that, I think that's an interesting touch. Um, speaking yeah. of the words that they're saying, I just want to get your take on this one particular verse. And I'm going to read the words for you guys. Mm-hmm. It's gay little roundelay. Roundelay is <laughs> a new one for me. Uh, Song of the rainy day. Song of How the I rainy love day. to hear you, your patter. Pretty little pitter patter. Helter skelter when you pelter. Troubles always seem to scatter. Well, I looked up Helter Skelter after seeing it in there. Um, The other lyrics, you know, gay little roundelay. This is not our only example of gay being used as a lyric in this movie. The next song. I'm more concerned about roundelay. Like, that's a new word for me. Roundelay is basically a a short, simple song. It's like, or like a circle dance. Okay, got it. It's the sort of thing you would like hold hands and skip around and be like, gay little roundelay, chip, 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 I'm not, that's (laughs) not the lyrics, but around there. Yeah, yeah. So that explains that. Yeah, Helter Skelter is something that I'm familiar with it from two places. One being the Beatles song Helter Skelter, which is their first sort of experiment in hard uh, metal type rock. And then hmm. the second being the murders by. Yeah, I was I was gonna say it's the name of a book about a serial killer that right. we sell at the bookstore. Yeah, Char- Charles Manson, his series of murders were described as Helter Skelter, and he based it on the name that of the Beatles song. So that's clearly this predates those things. So I looked it up. <laughs> Helter Skelter means in disorderly haste or confusion, and it actually comes from the late 16th century. It is the the origin of that phrase is unknown, but they think it could have been symbolic of the sound of running feet, like you know, Helter Skelter. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I feel like that's more pitter patter. Yeah, know, the pitter patter of little feet. Right, but that's that's what it says in on the internet. And then it said oh, it could have also I come. It. it could have also come from Middle English skelte, which means hasten. So regardless, it's Ooh. it's something quick and confusing, and, and yeah, that's that. So maybe a little different. That makes pitter-patter. sense. Pitter patter might be a little more controlled, but they they are literally next to each other in this song, so they must have somewhat similar meaning. <laughs> That's probably the the verse of the song with the most interesting yeah. lyrics. The rest of it is pretty much just like we said, you know, yeah, properties and and whatnot. I just I just really like it. Like it's just like drip drip drop when the sky is cloudy. Your pretty music will brighten the day. Drip drip drop when the sky is cloudy. You come along with the song right away. Come with your beautiful music. Like it's just it's nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice in the way that only a song from the 1940s could be nice. Yeah, it's just like oh. All right. Like, and it feels like rain. Like, I got caught in a really bad rainstorm on the way home from work today before we recorded this. And I was excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's thematically tied with our song. Um, but Poor like, shadowing. I know. This is what it feels like to be in the rain. It's like, oh, it's drip, 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 drip. Oh, no. Helter Skelter, Helter Skelter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, it's okay. you may have been in the rain today, but there's a bunch of animals that are caught in the rain during the course of this song. Uh, yes, so, Sam, and they're all adorable. Sam, what, <laughs> you're a wildlife person, as you told us. What's okay. the deal with these animals? For instance, there is a quail. What do you What do you got to know about quails? Um, so quails, uh, there are 34 different species of quail in the New World, meaning like North America. They're in the family Odontophoridae. Um, and they generally eat insects, seeds, and plants. Also, the and name humans. quail is very close to my name, Quain. And That's da- true. Dan Quail. The- and Dan Quail. Also, it makes me think of, like, I don't know if you guys were watching Doug uh, as a kid, yes. but, like, yeah. Doug's, like, quail alter man. ego was, like, Quail Man. And, like, you know, now that you've seen what a quail looks like, and quail are, like, they're not that big. They're, they're not um, really threatening species. N- not at all. Like, I don't. 
I don't know. And also the fact that like Doug as Quail Man wears like his whitey tidies on the outside of his pants and like a belt around his I guess the belt around his head is the like, belt a, little, like the it's a little feather. Yeah, yeah. It's like the feather on the top of their head. But like yeah. I don't understand what the underpants is. Like that's a weird thing. Superhero. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's like the defining feature of a superhero is, is wearing your whitey tidies on the outside. What are other <laughs> animals do we see? I think there's a mouse that we see. Oh, yeah. We around. do. Um, it's probably either uh, a North American deer mouse or uh, a white-footed mouse, but they're so similar that you basically need a blood test to figure them out um, between the two. Um, they're not the same as the mice that you find in your house, generally. No. Um, the house mouse, a.k.a. scientific name Moose Musculus, uh, is a completely different species from the mice that you find like in fields and barns and stuff like that. So those are usually like the white-footed mice or the the deer mice. What about the mice that you find wearing circus ringmaster <laughs> outfits and communicating with elephants? I mean, like as a child, I would not have put it past me to try to adopt some mice and then like put little like dress clothes on them. <laughs> um, so if you find any, it's probably my fault. Mm, yeah, that checks out. So you're responsible for Dumbo. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I just not I didn't lock up Dumbo's mom like that's not the part I'm responsible for okay Sam Dean okay <laughs> um we also have there's like a uh like a pheasant of some sort um and it's so in North America we really only have one species of pheasant it's the ringneck pheasant except it's not even native like it's not even from here it's like you didn't even go here pheasant because Did they just get it. over here get brought over here from Europe Yep, uh, Asia, actually. Um, And they were brought over because people like to hunt them, basically. Man, people are terrible. But the pheasant is the one with the really long tail with, like, the babies. So speaking of of hunting, obviously hunting is a big deal in this movie. And we've talked about the man, the hunter, being the villain. Uh, Do either of you have any experience with hunting? Because I personally have never done it. I've shot a weapon in a range before, but I've never, uh, never hunted I do. Um, I come from a hunting family. Wow. Yes. Um, so is there little, any, you have the inner conflict where you're like trying to conserve, but you're also like, like die. Oh, like no, no conflict at all. Like deer are a, a big, like, like I said earlier, like deer are a big problem in North America just because like we got rid of the wolves. So now we're, we have to be the predator. Um, and kind of the reality is there's so many deer that some of them literally will just starve over the winter, which is terribly morbid. And sorry to give you guys that image. Um, it's all right. Bamboo is going to make us sad about deer at some point. We can do it now, I guess. Um, but like my family does like subsistence hunting. So, um, a lot of the men in my family go up to my dad's family from West Virginia. They'll head up there where they basically don't, um, bathe really or not to say that but they don't use shampoo because like it smells so like you have to disguise your human scent around the deer um yeah they seem really proud of it and it's a little weird to me um but they essentially bring all kinds of um like deer meat home and let me tell you like uh like deer pot roast like deer jerky is really good deer bologna is good um one time, uh, funny story, my, my little brother was like 14, um, and he went hunting and he shot a deer, um, but like didn't want to deal with, you know, after you shoot a deer, like you have to skin it and you have to, you know, prepare the meat to take to like a meat processor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't really want to do anything. Like he was just like, no, like, I'm not about that. 
So um, cut like, you know, two months later, it's Christmas time and my uncle gives him a gift. He unwraps it. It was literally uh, frozen deer testicles uh, from the deer he had shot that my uncle had saved for him, uh, which was like so weird. Um, oh boy, hashtag the deans. Hashtag the deans, but that's what you get when you know you're. I call them. I lovingly call them like domesticated rednecks. So definitely, <laughs> um, hunting is definitely like you know a thing in my family. Yeah, I, I have I have not hunted. Um, I fish. Really? Um, yeah, fished a lot growing up. Um, not to brag, but here I go. I did compete in the world championships twice as a kid. Wow, uh, for that. You. Yeah, I'm very fancy. Um, very fancy Sam Dean and Frodo. So when we, when we get to Finding Nemo, then well, are there songs in that? I don't know. There, there are no songs in that. There are the the uh, the Stingray sings a little like song while he's the the bus. Well, that's like, true. All the kids to we can do so an I, entire season based around that one song. Yeah, you, you're exactly. gonna have to bring the the knowledge there. In that episode, Amanda, you're gonna have to know the secret names. I, I know all the secret names. <laughs> oh, I'll come back for that. I know some facts about clownfish that would make your hair curl. Perfect. I can't wait. Don't 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 spoil them now. We gotta I get won't. people to keep listening. What kind of what kind of fish were you fishing, Amanda? Um, it was mostly deep. So this was when I lived in Florida, clearly. Um, but it was deep sea fishing mostly. So I fished for a lot of like dolphin, but not like eh, like mahi mahi dolphin, um, mackerel kingfish tuna like big stuff wow. the delicious fish in yeah other words. exactly exactly awesome did you end up winning any you know medals or anything like that um i won two thousand dollars once in a tournament wow. whoa that was super cool. yeah and they gave me one of those big paper checks and when we like came home because we we had like taken my family boat my family's boat like to the tournament then we're going back to our house and my dad made me like stand on the bow of the boat and hold the check up and my trophy and like wave it over my head um and then the first time i was in the world championships i won most unusual catch (laughs) which was what um it was a stingray with like a six foot wingspan wow exactly so the stingray song (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it was a catch that one was catch and release so this that could have been the stingray it could have yeah it took me like 45 minutes to get it up it was in like 10 feet of water and i was 12 years old Hmm. oh yeah no that's that's a that's a lot of like slow reeling right there yep Yep. What made you want to uh, not go pro in that? Why did you go pro in something other than sports? Uh, you know, it was tempting, but overall, I just didn't really want to sell out. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, let's... It's, it's, it's the love of the game that keeps me going, you know, not all the Sports Illustrated deals that f- professional fisherwomen usually get. I mean, right. like every week, my dad watches like Bassmaster Fishing. Um, you could have been a TV star, Amanda. I know. I've never caught a bass, though. That was the big thing is that all the TV is about bass. That's true. I've never, true. I've never there are, even there are seen so many like, miles. yeah, it, it is. It's all about yeah. that bass, about that bass. <laughs> no deep sea. <laughs> <laughs> Can I also, I do have, I, can I talk about the owl? I really wanted to talk yeah, about yeah, the yeah. owl. Yeah, go. Yes, the, the owl. owl's great. Um, so, the like, in this song sequence, the owl is probably my favorite, mostly the because he's just... He's so angry at the rain. Yeah. Oh, oh, he is very pretty. He is just like, uh, what's the word? Like, not, it's not ornery. Um... He's inconvenienced by this rain. <laughs> yes. He's a he very much to do. Yeah, the, he's a he's, he's a, a get off my lawn. Yes, curmudgeon. Yes, That's exactly curmudgeon-ly. the word. Um, now, now I do want to point I, out before you go on that 
his name in the movie, he has his name, and it is Friend Owl. So that will distinguish him oh. from Owl from Winnie the Pooh. He's not that person. He is Friend Owl. Friend Owl. Very different. Okay. Well, um, just because, you know, I'm a biologist and I do this to every Disney movie now, because that's what happens when you learn too much about animals. Um, so I was trying to figure out what species of owl, friend owl actually is. Um, grumpy and I'm pretty owl. grumpy friend owl. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a long eared owl just cause like when he, when he like stretches his neck out and you see those little tufts at the top of his head, those are, um, generally known as ear tufts, um, even though, like, on owls, their ears are actually, like, kind of on the side of their head, like, directly, like, in the center. Um, oh and they're they're just holes that are hidden by fluffy feathers. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's a long-eared owl. Uh, and the coolest fact I could find out about long-eared owls um, is that unlike most other owls who are pretty solitary, kind of like the skirmogeny owl, long-eared owls tend to roost communally. So maybe he just hated the neighborhood of owls so much that he was like, nope, nope, this tree is mine. Like, back off. <laughs> hey kids get off of my tree so he right? mu- yeah he must be a real curmudgeon then if he's not only is he doesn't want to hang out with other animals he doesn't want to hang out with any animals his own kind even so right um a- well he is a friend owl though so he gets he's nice <laughs> to bambi he's yeah. kind of the rafiki of this movie yeah, he, another comparison to the lion king like we said in our last episode mm-hmm. he is kind of rafiki like okay so i guess it's time to review the song and Sam, mm-hmm. once we're done with our reviews, you will have a chance to give your review. So be on Perfect. the on the ready. I am taking notes. Um, so for me, this song is nice. It has a nice melody. It's a memorable melody. It's a little more catchy than "Love Is a Song," which we just had. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I like it as much as "Love Is a Song," though. Interesting. And that's, Maybe emotionally, I just connected with Love is a Song more because I'm I'm such a softy, as we've established over the course of this podcast. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a joke, Sam. Um, you, you, usually I'm not into the emotional stuff. but He's I did, a stone-cold lawyer yeah. type. Uh, 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 I know you better than that, Frodo. But I did like how Love is a Song worked there. This, I didn't... I saw this more kind of like a Fantasia song where it's, the music is kind of narrating the action of the of the scene. Um, but we, there's not really much in the scene in terms of the action that is really important for the plot of the movie. Bambi is gone within the first few seconds, and now we just have these animals, which, you know, they're, they're nice animals, but um, they're not really animals we care about too much. So that for mm-hmm. that reason, it loses a little bit of points with me, but I do like some of the things it does musically. I mentioned before that it, the song starts off in this cut-time, quick tempo. It then slows down in the middle portion once the lyrics are done, and then by the end, when we have the lightning going off and the crashes and the, the singers doing the wind sounds, um, the tempo really picks up. And by the end, it goes crazy and with crashes everywhere. And it reminded me of my favorite song we've talked about so far, Pink Elephants on Parade. Um, <laughs> of course it did. Which ended in a very similar way to this song, um, almost uh, like identical, where the tempo gets faster and then it just goes haywire with crashes and it's almost, there's, just, there's a lack of tempo because it's there's not a steady um, you know beats per bar or anything. It's just random mm-hmm. sounds. And then there's a calm. And in Pink Elephants on Parade, we had the morning sunrise 
with the clouds, and that's where Dumbo ends up in the tree. Here we have the morning sunrise with a few last little raindrops and the the end of the storm. And it's a very similar uh, sort of pattern that they they do there. So. Uh, so I like how the music works, but uh, since there's no characters we care about, it just doesn't really connect with me. And although I think the song is a little catchy, I don't... Uh, it's not my jam totally. So I'm going to give it a C plus for Pretty Little Pitcher Patcher. That's the, the <laughs> word I'm latching on to. Um, yeah, I think well, it's nice. You... It, it, it is ranked right now. Let me let you know ranked. where it's ranked. Uh, yeah, it's ranked. It's ranked 14th out of 22 songs, yes. But, like, what surrounds it? Like, what are the, what's the song above and below it? Okay, so, for... yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Good we'll question, Sam Dean. Listen to the podcast more, Sam Dean, yeah. you know. D- directly but... above Little April Shower, I have Little Wooden Head that is ranked in 13th place from <laughs> Pinocchio. from Pinocchio? Yes. And then directly behind this in 15th is Baby Mine from Dumbo. And, of course, you can find all of that information by going to our website, wishapotastar.com mm-hmm. and of course you should also be following us on Twitter Facebook like share subscribe yes. anyway Twitter at was- wishapotastar yes. I'm at FrodoTL you're mm, at Queeniac I'm- yeah, yeah. And I would- I'm at Sam Dean Science there you go oh. that's not the end of the episode I know it sounded like the end of the yeah. episode but there's more episodes yeah 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 I just blabbed a lot for my review but now Amanda <laughs> tell us some stuff yeah, you and I went the opposite direction on this and on our la- on Love is a Song, because I liked this one better. Mm-hmm. I don't fair. know, I just, I, I felt like this really was super evocative for me, as to what rain feels like, and I really liked the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, even though, like, I wasn't really familiar with it going in, I don't know that I would be able to hum it for you before this, but now I'm like, no, I, I like it, and I'm afraid of pulling Casey Jr. and being like, well, I liked it, but let's, you know, let's be sparing on our grades, and then I'll be, by the end of Bambi, be like, ah, oh, I should have given April Shower a much higher score. So, I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give, give him, one more time. Give, give this yeah. man <laughs> Give this man a score. <laughs> I'm going to give little April Shower um, 7 out of 10 thumping bunny rabbits. Oh, that's a, that's a good grade. Yeah, so, you know, I just, this song made me happy, and it made me feel a little bit like, ooh, rain, and I don't know, I just, I liked it, yeah. and sometimes you just like things. I also like songs in cut time, too, like, I always have. Yeah. I'm a fan of rain, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, the darkness of the animation gives a kind of uh, inclusive feel, maybe that's not the right word. It's cozy. Yes, it's cozy, or like claustrophobic, where... We're close with these animals, <laughs> but, no, because there's there's not um, the backdrop is is doesn't go deep like it does in some of the other yeah. scenes of Bambi because it's so dark. So it's really personal with us and the characters. I really like. Well, there's one shot where we're inside the bunny's hole, den. <laughs> their den, and the den, yeah, and and we're just really close, and they're they're in darkness and silhouette, and there's a little bit of light behind them, but then the lightning goes off and, and we see them more brightly. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm hearing from you, Frodo? Yeah. One shot. You really liked one shot. <laughs> Though not just that one shot, but it called to you. <laughs> it's a great song, Frodo. It's not a good it's song, a song. But, but it is a good... That was a good point, <laughs> yes. I like that one shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe marriage has made me soft, but <laughs> I liked it. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Samantha Dean. 
Yes. Um, so I would agree with Amanda that it made me feel pretty good, at least for like the first three stanzas. Um, <laughs> then, then all of those terrible memories apart. from childhood come back and it was just very traumatizing. Um, but as an adult, you know, watching this and seeing all the animals and being like, okay, like, like they, like the scientific accuracy is, it's, it's not terrible. But not great either. Like, you know, rigneck pheasants don't exactly look like that, but there was really only one option, you know? <laughs> um, and not quite sure it was a long-eared, or friend owl's a long-eared owl, but he could be a great horn, but we'll stick with long-eared. Um, uh, but I think I'm going to solidly go with my ranking scheme for today, which <laughs> I think is going to be glass half full. Oh, I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. We haven't yet had a kind of up or down person yeah okay. I, I, we did have who who came and just gave something a yes that was a, a sort of a key oh to boy this. i don't remember can't remember who it was someone just came and was like i give this song a yes or maybe it was a no <laughs> <laughs> yeah no for me definitely gets um gets a glass half full like if i had to get more specific i'd probably be more along lines of where frodo's saying like it's it's past the threshold to be like in the green but not by much mm. sure that's not what you said. You said glass half full. That is, ex- you're right. I said glass half full, and that's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. We, we will uh, make sure that the next time you come in, you stick to that grading scale. You're stuck no, for life. No, no, I specifically <laughs> said that was that. That's my today's rating. That doesn't uh, matter. Like, you, it, next- it's a permanent ranking. It's, it's a thing now. <laughs> our our listeners are going to be like, when Sam Dean coming out, I want to know more glasses and whether or not they're you know they're full or not. <laughs> Yeah, people expect consistency. It's an important part of podcasting. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I've, I've pigeonholed myself. Yep. Oh, well. It's another type of animal you know about. <laughs> I do. Yeah, what do you know I about do. pigeons? Do they have holes? <laughs> they do. In fact, the hole, uh, well, they have, like, they have... They have many. Holes. Several. They have four. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think how many holes birds have now. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure the holes that you're most interested in are um, the ear the holes. Ears, which, yes. The ears. Okay. Um, just like most other birds, they don't necessarily have like external ears like people do. So we have like what you would call an ear, um, where we have what's called the pinna, which is the outside of our ear. And then we have like our inside of our ear. Um, birds pretty much have like, if you just cut the pinna off and it's just like a hole in the side of their head that's covered by feathers. Just get to the Uh, the anus hole. That's all we really care about. Yes. No, no, no. That hole, that hole is like the kind of all encompassing exit slash reproductive situation. That is called the cloaca, which is also the word you would use for reptiles. So snakes, uh, alligators, um, turtles. Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> I guess that's yeah, cool. The more you know, yeah. The, in fact, I was on a trivia team once um, with a bunch of ornithologists, so bird people, and I um, studied turtles at the time, and we made our trivia team name Team Cloaca um, just because we were like, well, what do birds and reptiles have in common? Um, and this was a kind of middle of nowhere South Carolina, uh, and the trivia guy hilariously mispronounced our team as Team Cloaca for months and every time he said it we just we just let it go because we thought it was so funny well, I, think um, I, I can't think of anything else anyone can say besides that so i think we should probably just end the episode now <laughs> yeah i think once you go bird anus you can't go back cloaca yep. frodo cloaca no. cloaca cloaca <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Sam, yeah. for coming on. And just... I'm so glad we pulled you off the carousel, even if you're not technically a deer expert. 
Yeah. It's true. This was my first podcasting experience, so thanks, guys. Oh. Aww. Yeah. You're, you made me feel you're welcome. welcome. And you did fine. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other uh, Disney songs in the future that you are are specifically interested in? Maybe we can have you back to talk about more fun animals. Um, well, like I already said, I'm going to uh, fight Amanda to the death to have the little Stingray <laughs> buff song in Finding Nemo. That's perfect. Insane. Okay. And you better back down, Amanda. We've got about 15 years before we get to that song. I know. know. Um, But also, I would be really interested in coming back for Under the Sea because of all the fish mentioned. So my background is is invertebrate biology. So I know uh, a little bit about everything when it comes to fish, mammals, birds, and reptiles and amphibians. So you know if the Duke play the fluke. Yes. (laughs) yeah that's particularly that stanza where they're listing out all the fish and all the instruments they play whether or not the carp in fact play the harp yes (laughs) that one's probably going to be in high demand so you're definitely going to have to find people for that 100 percent but that's what makes the world go round. I mean, it's it's the best song in all of Disney, yeah. and it has fish. That that could be a good match. And you can you. come on for um Saludos Amigos and tell us about more bird holes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to come and talk to you guys about more bird holes. That's all we've ever yeah. wanted from you, Sam Dean. I know. I'm just I'm here to for all of your bird hole knowledge. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming. And this has been Frodo the lawyer. This has been Amanda the person, and Sam Dean the wildlife biologist. And thank you for listening to Wish Upon a Star. Know your bird holes. <laughs>